Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silio, Brad Johnson, former Super Bowl champion and a quarterback that played for Coach Bobby Bowden will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. Joey B, Mike McDonald, all you guys, too, that are checking us out. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, also, if you miss any of the show, like the John McClain interview from the Houston Chronicle in the first hour, please like, share, watch it a little bit later on. We appreciate everybody. As you grow our show here, it's been really wonderful over the last couple months here. All right, let me get on with some other news here. Um, so Lamar Jackson is just coming off of another bout with COVID-19, coronavirus. Remember what he said last year? Man, this thing really knocked me for a loop. I wouldn't want anybody to go through any of this ever because it's really, it's something, man. I lost my, you know, sense of taste. You know, all my senses were really kind of thrown off. And, you know, it's it really is just not something I would ever want this to be on anybody. I'm paraphrasing all this, but we got the gist of it a year ago, right? This guy had it last year. This guy missed a game, remember? So he just, once again, was in the COVID-19 protocol. So obviously he's not vaccinated. You know, you this is now becoming something with the quarterbacks. Josh Allen's not vaccinated. Dak Prescott seems that he's not vaccinated. Jared Goff was asked a question. Carson Wentz was asked a question. None of these guys are answering it. Why is that? Think of this. Lamar, Lamar got it a year ago and still didn't get vaccinated. Why do you think that is? Now, look, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not here to stump for any side in this. I told you, everybody in this country has a right to make their own decisions when it comes to this particular 
Subject. I, I, I'm Joe Theismann said it last week. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do or not what to do because this has got nothing to do with me and your health issues. Your family's decisions should be all inside your own home. That that's my sense of it. I personally don't like when people say this person should get vaccinated or this person should. That's not your call, man. That's an opinion. Sure. But that's not your call. And you have no right to say it. You have no right to say to somebody, you should get vaccinated. You have no right to say that. If somebody feels that there's an issue, and obviously these quarterbacks feel that there's an issue. Now, why is that? Well, there's no question that we have been given. And this goes to Trump. This goes to Biden. We have obviously not be given proper procedures on how to handle this. You know, now they're talking about having to get booster shots. They're suggesting that because these things weren't, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, strong enough? Okay, so you rushed maybe these vaccinations? The point is, again, I'm not going to sit here and debate that because I'm not a doctor. I'm an ex-athlete. And anybody who comes on the air and pretends that they're a doctor and knows what's going on, you should just tune them out. You know, most of the people that are in sports talk, has, I mean, ask what their backgrounds are before they start giving any kind of suggestions on how to live your life. You'd be shocked on what many of the people's backgrounds are. At least I was involved with the things I'm talking about. Some of these other people that get into this, they don't even have college educations. And I'm not saying you have to have one, but some of these majority of the guys, especially the older guys, never went to college. What the hell do you know about vaccinations? What the hell do you know about shots? You know anything about it. So you give your uninformed opinion. That's basically what it is. It's an uninformed opinion. Because quite frankly, did you just check out the CDC's website? They changed procedures for the upcoming fall for kids going into schools. Two months ago, you told us completely the opposite. It's like we were studying the moon two months ago. Now we're studying the sun. You couldn't have two bigger opposite subjects when you're talking about moon and the sun. Two months ago, we're talking about, hey, if you get your vaccination, you're all good. You can go outside. You can do hula hoops. and You can go on Ferris wheels and everybody's great. Now we're back in this kind of scaring people again. And the, do you think the news people are not going to be doing that? The Haas, know this. The news people make a living scaring you. So if they're scaring you with all those statistics, okay, they're doing it on purpose. They're scaring you on purpose because they make billions of dollars doing that. There's two industries in this country that have become very prosperous. The race industry and the vaccination industry. Two enormous. If you got stock in pharmaceuticals, you may be retiring by the time you're 45. Because these companies, man, oh, you need another 10 booster shots? <laughs> Who do you think's paying for all that? Taxpayers. Yo, well, you know, we're... we're the shot's free. Hey, really, you think? Okay. <laughs> okay, right. 
That's why taxes are going up. My point is with the players, these players are not informed. They feel that they're going to put themselves in a position where they think they, that you don't know what you're doing. They'd rather live with a mask than take the vaccination shot. What does that mean for the league? I told you this, that this was going to become an issue and it's picking up more and more steam. I hate to cover it. But now you've got a guy who's working on a $258 million contract with the Ravens who hasn't taken his vaccination shots in the last two years. I don't know. Is that a problem? I think so. When every team is trying to get to, from what I understand, every team is around 90% now. Well, that ain't the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are not vaccinated. Some of them. I don't even know Brady is. I'm assuming Brady is because I see Brady around Arians. And I don't think Bruce is going to let anybody around him that's not vaccinated because Bruce is a big deal on that. I'm just saying you're getting a sense of that. The league has a problem here because how can you go to fans and tell fans to get vaccinated when your quarterback's in the faces? Dak Prescott may not be. You got a guy working on a $258 million deal. If anything, we just saw with the Josh Allen deal, make no mistake about it here, man. I mean, what, you don't think that Lamar Jackson's deal is going to be like in the conversation with that? I'm not suggesting to you that he's going to get the same money, but it ain't going to be far off. They're, how about this? They're going to be in the same uh, cul-de-sac. These two guys may be maybe not neighbors, but they're going to be in the cul-de-sac. We'll be in the neighborhood. 250, 245, somewhere in there. He's going to get a massive deal. And do you have a problem with not being vaccinated? See, I personally, for me, I don't think that has any issue. I don't care. I, I, I don't really care. That's up to him. That's not going to stop me if I'm Steve Scotty, the owner of the Ravens, on signing this kid or not. That's got nothing to do with it. If this guy was a tool bag or he was somebody that was not reliable or he was somebody that was immature like Dwayne Haskin was in Washington, then we got a problem here. But I'm not going to sit there and go like this, man. I'm, you know, I'm not, that's not something I'm going to, I'm, I'm go like this. Well, you know, I don't want to really work on a contract with the kid now because I think the kid is just like, you know, I don't really think the guy's really somebody that we want to really have as the face of our, I don't believe that that's the case here. All right. Let's move on. Something that I heard over the weekend, and I think you guys are going to all love this here. Okay? I I, I think you're all going to dig this here. That uh, Bill Belichick, I think think Brady and Belichick, I think what they do is, I think they do everything in their power to throw little shots at one another. You tell me if you think that this is a shot. What What was the one with Brady last week when he said, yeah, you know, somebody asked him a question about why he seems that he's having so uh, fun a time in Tampa. And, you know, he's tweeting things. And, look, he shows up to the uh, – I thought that was pretty cool, by the way. He shows up to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Peyton Manning. I thought that was pretty cool. That showed a lot of respect. Brady showing up to Peyton Manning's induction speech I thought was really dope. I mean – you know, there's people you revere in your business, and then there's people you don't revere in the business. You know, 
hey, I can promise you this. Brady didn't say this. You kept that MFR over me. That's not what that was. He showed up in Canton, Ohio, took a Sunday off. They all did. And they went up there and they watched Peyton's speech, which I thought was pretty. You know what, though? Here, I didn't really think his jokes were funny. Peyton Manning ain't that funny. Okay? He, he's not that funny, but I will give him this. He did throw shots at Ray Lewis, and he did throw shots at Tom Brady. But you know what that means? That's respect. That the two best players during his time that he respected the most were Ray Lewis and Tom Brady. You know, when you throw shots at one another and you're doing it in front of each other, it's, 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 it's subtle jabbing and it's a lot of fun. And that's the camaraderie that they have as NFL players and NFL Hall of Fame guys. That was cool to see. I didn't take it any other way. I didn't think it were digs. I think they were just really they, – they were, they, were, they were pretty cool there. But Belichick made a comment. Belichick goes, yeah, man. Tom Brady is without a doubt. Brady is without a doubt the toughest quarterback competitor I have ever game planned against. There has never been anybody in my entire coaching career that has ever been as prepared and tough to compete against than Peyton Manning. I don't know about you. Obviously, he couldn't do that. And it was a way for him to kind of throw a shot with respect to Peyton Manning. You're the greatest quarterback I ever game-planned against. Okay, and now obviously, he's not asked the question. You think Peyton, I, for me, do you know what I would do? If that were me, I would, I would come back here on a Monday after a uh, scrimmage that the Patriots had. And I go, hey, Bill, just um, just to follow up on your comments about Peyton Manning, you think he's the greatest quarterback of all time? You said he's the greatest guy you've ever game-planned against. You think he's the greatest quarterback of all time? I think these two guys have a little bit of that, you know, have a little bit still of that competitiveness that they're still always trying to one-up one another. And I don't think that's ever going to fade. As long as those two guys are still in the game, I think that's going to continue. And I think that's going to continue to move. And it's going to continue to move. What I mean by that is it's going to continue to move stories on how these two guys felt when they were working with one another in New England. There's no question. One thing we've learned, that relationship wasn't always that cool. You, 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 you have yet to hear any one of them go, I just love being around Bill. Hey, I just love being around Tom. It's not their makeups, is it? But it's funny, I hear Tom Brady saying, I just love being around Bruce. And I even heard Belichick last year go, I just love being around Cam. He's infectious. I never heard any of that. Never heard any of that. All right. There was something else that went on over the weekend at the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. And I thought it was pretty cool. I mentioned it in the first hour. By the way, Brad Johnson, former Super Bowl champion quarterback, he played for Coach Bobby Bowden. We're going to get some thoughts on his, his dear coach who passed away at the age of 91 on Sunday. And we'll talk to Brad. That'll be uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. So 
yeah, I just uh, I can't wait to hear the stories because I hear everybody that's ever played for Coach Pound and just absolutely love the guy. All right. So one of the things that I loved over the weekend was to see Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones together. You had you had Troy Aikman. This was actually Thursday night for the Hall of Fame game. And then over the weekend, some of the guys still sat around and they waited, obviously, because they had the induction speeches on Saturday. And Dave wants that text me a really cool picture of Jimmy and Dave and all the people that went. And Jerry and Jimmy were just talking so much with each other over the weekend that their relationship is really in a really, really great place now. I got to tell you about their relationship first. You know, when I was a player at Miami, Jerry Jones used to come down to the University of Miami all the time, and Jimmy would invite him. Jerry and Jimmy had been teammates, I believe, on the 1963 or 64 national champion Arkansas team. I think Jerry was a starting guard on that team, and Jimmy was the starting nose guard on that football team for Frank Broyles. I think Barry Switzer was a freshman coach. I think Coach Hatfield played on that team, too. I saw Coach Hatfield in the stands because he's a friend and former teammate of Jimmy Johnson's, too. Um, and all them Arkansas dudes. Uh, Butch Davis couldn't make it because Butch's team, they were kicking off their football um, their football uh, fall practices this weekend, so he couldn't make it. So all of his coaches outside of Butch showed up. And they're all sitting around, and, you know, Dave Wanstead said, you wouldn't believe what was being said, that these two guys really regret. And they say that they let the players down because they didn't put their pettiness away, and that will be a big regret. You know, I I started my show off talking about Coach Bowden, and I also threw Coach Johnson in. And I want you guys to understand something. I would never talk trash on Jimmy Johnson. I would never talk trash on the guy. I love the man. I do. I love the man. But it just seems like there's just a ton of regrets. I mean, him making the Hall of Fame, I'm wondering, you know, after all that's said and done, if he looks back on that, his relationship with Jerry, his relationship with his kids, his relationship with his wife, man, Jimmy put a lot on the line. He really did. And my heart kind of hurt for the guy. Because it's lost time. Trust me, it's lost time. You know, when you're, when you're a father or you're in a position where you have animosity, not even animosity, lack of focus towards your kids, and you think you're doing the right thing. You know, my daughter always constantly goes, oh, dad, you got to do your broadcasting again or something like that. And then I come up with the lame ass excuse. Oh, you know, what the hell? How the hell do you think we're going to pay for You know, all that. Those are excuses. Because when I watch Coach Bowden and how he balanced his life, wasn't all, you know what? The only thing in life is winning. That ain't true, dude. The only thing in life is winning with your family. Making sure your family's happy. Because that's the only team that you really have to serve. This other stuff that we do, come on, man. Those are the Christmas balls on the tree. I'm not preaching, and I don't want to come off like that. 
But watching Coach over the last couple months, man, I'm, I'm so happy for him. But I just wonder, it surely came at a heavy cost, personally. Would he have done it again? With all the success and riches and fame at the expense of your family? Which he basically apologized. He looked over at his kids. Sorry. Your mother raised, remember what he said? Your mother raised two great kids. He didn't say, your mother and I raised two great kids. He said, your mother, Linda Kay, raised two great kids. Man, sometimes putting that gold jacket on, you also are putting on reality. You know, everybody's story's different. All right. We'll take a brief time out. We're going to catch up with Brad Johnson, our friend who won a Super Bowl, played for the legendary coach Bobby Bowden. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. 
It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silvio. Brad Johnson, former Super Bowl champion and man who played for Coach Bobby Bowden, will join us in a couple minutes. You know, we're all very proud at the schools that we all represent when, you know, you see a weekend like we just came out of with the Hall of Fame and, you know, people start, you know, talking about what school's the greatest school when it comes to producing NFL talent. There's no doubt that the University of Miami and USC and to some extent Ohio State are all in that conversation for some of the greatest players that have ever played. With Edger and James going in, that now makes it nine Miami Hurricanes, seven, I believe, since 2002. And you want to hear the class for 2022, a potential Canes that could go in? Three. Reggie Wayne is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of time. Reggie has done just as much as what Marvin Harrison did for Peyton Manning. And Reggie will get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now you have Andre Johnson in the conversation. Andre Johnson, I don't even know the quarterbacks that he played with in Houston. They all sucked. And the numbers that he put up and the kind of player he was in Houston, they still went to the playoffs, even though they were terrible at the quarterback position. He was tremendous. Then you got the the unicorn. What do you do with Devin Hester? Is Devin Hester a Hall of Fame player? How about this? You know what? I'm going to – I, when you're talking about NFL position player, they could never find a spot for him. We couldn't find a spot for him at UM. They tried him at DB, wasn't very good. They tried him at wideout, wasn't very good. But they put that dude in special teams. He's the greatest special teams football player of all time. Could potentially be three guys going into the Hall of Fame from UM next year. All right. You know, I tell you, I started my my show off with a honoring of Bobby Bowden, and I will tell you this, that FSU-Miami game became what it was because of what Coach Bobby Bowden brought to that state. He's the most important college football coach in that state, which means a lot to me. When we had the big three, I want to bring in Brad Johnson, who played for him, and also Brad, of course, wins the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I'll tell you, I heard the news on Sunday, Brad, and I first kept thinking about, you know, the impact of Coach Bowden and what he brought to college football, especially in our state. The Gators were big, you know, always, but Miami, FSU, everyone always assumes FSU had this gigantic history, but it was a girls' school at one time, and Coach Bowden, he made that legacy. I just want to throw out my condolences, uh, to you, man. I know, Ann, I sent her a text, too. I just I, – I feel for all you guys, man. Just your thoughts on when you heard the news about Coach Coach Bowden's passing on Sunday. Yeah. Um, sad day. Sad day. Um, now it's an opportunity to celebrate his life and everything he, he did for us and impacted our lives. And um, Bobby Bowden is Florida State. Uh, he came there in 1976, I believe. And then, you know, I remember like 1981 – he, he was taking his brand national. <laughs> he took on the tornado of 
putting them on the schedule of Ohio State and Pittsburgh with Dan Marino and Nebraska and LSU. And, you know, he took them on. And the, the, the brand got national. And he was, he was an unbelievable recruiter, uh, unbelievable person. Obviously, we had the 14-year run where um, finished in the top four every year. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the coolest things, Dan, was when his career was over, when I got there, he had 170 wins. Two things real quick on real quick. I got there at 170 wins. And after his 200th win, uh, he, called a, he called a team meeting. I thought the meeting was like, usually our team meeting is at 130. And at this day, it was on 1 o'clock. And so I told my roommate, Gene, hey, Gene, man, this man, he might retire, you know. He's, <laughs> and that day, he actually gave his testimony to the team. And so it was a lot more than just about wins for Coach Bowden. Later on, to win 377 wins. And then when he did – when he uh, – in 2013, they named the field Bobby Bowden Field. And on that day, there's about 450 players that showed up and 10 rows back and Bobby and and they walked from, from the end zone all the way out to midfield. He, he threw the spear into the, into the Seminole head to start the game. And we weren't talking about the 377 wins or the national championships. We were talking about how he impacted our lives – uh, how many of us have become either coaches, uh, leaders in our communities, uh, fathers, whatever it may be. But we're talking about how we try to pass it on now. You talk about the mustard seed. That's who that's who Bobby Bowden was, sharing his faith. Obviously, tremendous coach, one of the legends of all time. But now we've tried to carry it on, carry it on like he has. I want to share a story with you, Brad, about Coach Johnson. And I, I, I shared a little bit of it uh, in the last hour here. I'll never forget, I'm, I'm a kid from the New England area, so like you said, I think that game was the same game that maybe you watched because in 1981, I saw this guy number 50 named Ron Simmons. I think they were playing Arkansas, and I'm like, what the hell? That's some cool-ass gear, man. Where's this FSU team from? Yeah, Holy, yeah. That's the first time I started hearing about Florida State. But, again, I, you know, I, I grew up in the New England area. It was all Notre Dame. It was like Ohio State, all that stuff. and. I'll never forget, man. I, I, 85, I, I kind of knew about it, but in 1986, we were all at the orange bowl yep. and it was prior to the game. Jerome Brown taps me on the shoulder. He goes, let's go. <laughs> and I go, where are we going? He goes, we're going to pray with Florida state. And I yeah. went, what? Yeah. I hadn't known the story of Pablo Lopez being shot and killed. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks earlier and all the Miami kids, who played new Pablo and yep. coach Rick, who was a cane. And he asked us if we, I'm walking in, there's Bobby and Jimmy, and this is like a prayer service. And I'm yep. sitting in here and I'm going, what the hell is this? Yep. Jerome goes, there's Dion in there. Yep. And Brad, there we were praying for Pablo who was shot and killed and all these guys. And I thought about it right then and there. I knew what the rivalry for you, uh, FSU and Miami meant. And it would go on to be even greater things because personally, I think it was because of coach Bowden, he yep. could have called that series at any time, but he just made it, but he always made that game more than just being about playing the game on Saturday. It was yep. all about the kids. So, I mean, I, I think that yeah. kind of personifies exactly who he was because he was a man of faith. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. If you, if anyone has ever heard Mark Rick speak, he's now my brother-in-law. He will talk about the, the uh, Pablo Lopez, the death. And, and after his death, coach Bowden, he came into the team meeting room. He says, Hey, 
you know, he's he used probably used to sit in that seat. He's no longer with us. And where's he at today? You know, and so Coach Rick, he actually helped Coach Rick be saved also because it's like, where would you be today without Jesus? And so it's an incredible story. We talk about the mustard seed and how many lives Coach Rick has impacted because of what Coach Bowden started with him. So it's it's passed on. It's passed on. I would encourage. Everybody out there, there's a movie called The Bowden Dynasty. It may be on Netflix or whatever, The Bowden Dynasty. And so it's, it's, it's a great show. It talks about those years, all those years in the 80s and when that 14-year run took place. But it talks about all those stories. And so it's, it'd be a huge impact on your family and, um, and just kind of find out who, just dig a little bit deeper into who Bobby Bowden was. You know, you know Brad, I, am, I, I don't really think even people understand how giving he was because prior to even getting to FSU, here was a man that opened up his doors to the Marshall football program. When that airplane went down and killed just about 90% of that football team, they had a couple freshmen that was left behind and they were gigantic still to this day, gigantic rivals, Marshall in West Virginia. And coach Bowden was the head football coach. If I'm not mistaken, that was like his second uh, head coaching job. I think Sanford was the first one. And then West Virginia, he gets that gig and he opens his doors up to that program because they were running the Vera at the time. Right. And they ended up saying, take anything you need. You know, you guys, we don't play you this year. So if you guys want to be able to like study, I mean, that just shows you right there. And I, I'm assuming Brad, it's just one of a thousand stories that he did yeah. helping other coaches. Dabo Sweeney was on our program a couple of weeks ago and Dabo was like this, you know, I want to throw something out to coach Bowden because Coach Bowden had a massive impact. I mean, the impacts that he had on everyone wasn't just players. It was everyone in the community. He did. There, there's only one like him. <laughs> so, but, you know, even, even when you watch that movie, The Bowden Dynasty, like he was trying to get the program, just the program started at football at Florida State. But then even though Florida State at that time was lacking money and facilities and those things, he was taking the football money and it was going to all the – the women's basketball and the softball program and whatever other sports were taking place at Florida state. So he's always been selfless thought, thought, you know, more than, more than just about himself or more than just about his program, the impact he can make on other people, other people's lives. And then, and then a lot of coaches are trying to emulate it. And so Dabble screen has got a great thing going there at Clemson. I'm sure, you know, his, his career is pretty cool because I was at Clemson about two years ago and he was talking about, you know, what made Florida state great. And then how he's going to impact his what he's done there at Clemson. So um, not few few have ever tried to emulate as much as Bobby Bout has, but he's the easy all timer. I got I got to give you a Jimmy Johnson recruiting story here for Coach Bowden. So we're sitting around at the at the Hex Center down in Miami, and he goes, "This Bowden man, he's an unbelievable recruiter." He, yeah. He's sitting around. He goes, yeah, you know that, you know that guy from Satellite Beach, Billy Bob Joe. Man, I'll tell you what, his papa was a hell of a football player back in 1975. I recruited that kid for West Virginia. You know, up there in that saddle. You know, what, I'll tell you this, man. We not only mixed the Satellite Beach, but we went over to like Tampa and Tampa Catholic. There's a kid over there, man. His dad played for me like in 1975. This kid was a hell of a football player. And Jimmy's like, this guy's in every high school. Yeah. <laughs> he can. Everybody on the planet, man. How did he get you to go to Florida State? Yeah. he. Um, you know, it's interesting. He just talked about I, – I, honestly, I couldn't figure it out. I want to play basketball. I was going to, I was going to um, Georgia Tech to play for Bobby Crimmins. And then Bobby Crimmins talked me out of it because a guy named Dennis Scott said I'd, I'd back him up. And he was right. Dennis Scott became a – 
11 year NBA star, but, but Bobby Bowden talked about Vinny Testaverde at that time was the, the next, he wore the Jersey number 14, which I wore 14 and just being a six foot five quarterback. And that was where the game was headed at that time. And it talked about the building of the program, the talent that they had. And, and, um, you know, I remember I asked him two, you know, I asked him the two questions. I asked him one after he gave me a spill, he was up in Black Mountain, North Carolina, my house. And, he said, you got any questions for me, boy? And I said, yeah. I said, you're going to play the best players? And uh, I said, yes. Yeah, he said, I am, buddy. So I wasn't there for the best players. That was proven right. But the other thing was I asked him how much longer he's going to coach when he's 63. <laughs> he said, <laughs> and he said, I'm going to coach a long time. Don't you worry about that. So he went on to win, you know, 200 more games. So pretty incredible. But all the respect in the world for Coach Bowden and, and the way he ran the program and the way he treated me. I'll be honest with you, things didn't go well for me at Florida State of my career, but I had the most, so much respect for the way they handle handle me. And I always consider that my home. Really, Brad. I mean, you know, you, you hear sometimes people say that, um, you know, because when you're at a place that has so much talent, you know, I mean, anything you do, miss a practice, get hurt, whatever you put down in the, you're put down in the ranks, man. I mean, right. It ain't like going somewhere else, but he, he treated you fairly, right? No doubt about it. He always did. And then, you know, I remember our running back room. We had Sammy Smith and Dexter Carter and Victor Floyd and uh, Amp Lee and Edgar Bennett. And they, they benched the other guy named Marion Butts. They moved him to defense and later, two years later became the AFC rusher for San Diego Chargers. Our quarterback room with Charlie Ward and Casey Weldon and Danny McManus and Chris Winkie. Somehow the transfer portal wasn't in the play. But they all treat us with respect. Somehow it all worked out well for all of us. But it was because of the way they ran the program was we had respect for the program and we wanted to be there. And that was the best place for us, you know, pretty much on and off the field. Brad, the, the 86 game, I remember Sammy came through the middle. It was like the first <laughs> part of the game. And yeah. we separated his shoulder. Jerome Brown and Stubbs looked over at me. He goes, yeah. that's a damn God blessing right there. <laughs> that kid can move, man. Yeah. And I'm like, like, it was like the third play. And I think they, I think we also knocked Danny out of that game too. And they had, a, they brought some Danny, they brought somebody else in. Ferguson, that sounds like right. Chip Ferguson. Does that sound right? Chip Ferguson. Ferguson. Yep. Sure was. Yeah. They brought him in, but man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Brad, those games, I told everybody, if you think you're playing a 60-minute game, you are. Because that yeah. game could be in doubt all the way to 59-45, man, when you play in them FSU-Miami games. Championships going to the national championship. So it was between, you know, Miami and Florida and Florida State. So that was our goal. We were in the Metro at that time uh, in all the other sports. But football, it was we were independent. So that's where, you know, it, it came down to who can win the state championship because the best athletes were in the state of Florida at that time. And no doubt it, it ran for the, that long period of time. It ran through uh, the state of Florida. Absolutely. Brad, it was great catching up with you, man. And right. reflecting a little bit here on uh, Bobby Bowden. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome. Dad. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You got it. Brad Johnson played for coach Bowden and obviously won a Super Bowl championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. We'll take a short time out. You keep it here on the national football show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. 
Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Great catching up with Brad. We're going to try to catch up tomorrow with Charlie Ward, Heisman Trophy winner, get a little bit more perspective on really the losing of a legend like Coach Bobby Bowden. I mean, if you're going to put the Mount Rushmore of – I love list, so you know, I love list. I'm I'm a big fan of putting a list together and Mount Rushmore. I love that stuff. I do. If you were going to put the top five coaches in the history of college football and you were going to put them and not any order, but you were just going to have five guys. Got to have Saban in there. You got to have Paul Bryant in there. You have to have Rockney in there. You have to have Bobby Bowden in there. 
You know, who would be the fifth guy? Woody? Paterno? Wilkerson? Urban Meyer? Leahy? Who'd you put in there? McKay? John McKay? USC? Parsegian? These are the goats of college football. You know what's funny? College football was more revered. I would say this to you. College football in this country was more revered uh, than pro football probably up until maybe the late 60s. You were a college football star. Everybody knew who you were on the cover of every magazine. More people knew the fact that Roger Stallback won the Heisman Trophy at the Naval Academy than him playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, that completely has changed, but college football, if you play, most people didn't go and play in the NFL. They went and got really huge jobs because they were huge stars at the college game. They went on to be executives at businesses and such, and they did, or they went into the military and became like majors and generals and stuff like that. You didn't, you didn't go into the NFL. The NFL was not a noble profession. I thought it was interesting to hear people say that. Do you realize that there's only been, you know, it's funny. My guys, my guys, Krause and Cal said this to me the other day. You know, I get a credential anytime I want, you know, when I need something. And my boy Krause goes, you played in the NFL, donkey. And I didn't think about that for a second until I heard Chris Berman say something over the weekend. In 101 years of the league ex- league's existence, there's only been 26,641 men that have ever played in the game. And there's only 17,204 of us alive today. There's only 17,000 men that have ever played in the NFL in 100 years that are walking the planet. So <laughs> I guess when someone said that to me, I was like, okay, I, you know, I suppose – and someone was like, silly, do you understand? You're like one of 17,000 people on the planet that played in the game that's still alive. And I'm like, okay. So when someone, you know, I always, I always love the clown that's on Twitter that goes like this. Man, you didn't play long. I, I know I didn't, but I played. And not many of you have. <laughs> I saw that number and I heard Berman say it. I was really taken by that. I was like, really, man, there's only 17,000 men alive. Made me think about some of the guys. You've heard me say, the guys that I'd like to see go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'd love to see Gaston or Klecko from that New York Sack Exchange go in. I think both of them deserve to go in. I think, you know, I've heard people talking about Zach Thomas, former linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. Is he considered one of the greatest players at his position? I mean, do you look at him and go, that guy's Brian Urlacher? And I had somebody asked me that question yesterday. He's, you know, over 1,100 tackles or something like that in his career. Coach Johnson found him. I believe he went to Texas Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Is, is, is Zach Thomas a Hall of Fame player? Boy, he's got a lot of accolades. And if you look at his resume, I mean, Drew Pearson going in, Drew's got three Pro Bowls. And I thought that was a little light in the number. Now, he made the all-decade team in the 70s. And he was Roger Stallback's number one go-to guy 
He was called Mr. Reliable for a reason. But I was like, wow, only three Pro Bowls? I know a ton of receivers that aren't being considered that have bigger numbers and, I don't know, maybe had more impact. But he was on, like, a great Cowboy team. That Cowboy team had doomsday defense, and you had Stallback, and you had Tony Dorsett. They were really good. And plus Coach Landry. So probably rightfully so. But Zach Thomas, Hall of Famer? Probably. But I, 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 I hate doing that because when I do this and I say probably, I always say this when it comes to that, probably. That's not really a good indication on whether or not that guy should be a Hall of Famer or not. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I just I look at that and I go, I don't know, you know. I do think this coach needs to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Maybe you guys can help me out on this. Dick Vermeil. Here, I'm going to name you some coaches that are in. You really think Bud Grant, who never won a Super Bowl, went to four of them, I think. Do you think that Vermeil was better than, than Bud Grant? Boy, I do. Do you think that Dick Vermeil was a better coach than Marv Levy? Hey, and by the way, these other coaches that are in the Hall of Fame, I think they're great coaches. I'm not throwing any shade, but where's Vermeil in this conversation? You got to remember something on what he did. Dick Vermeil, when he took over that Eagles job, had just taken over uh, a UCLA program that was not doing anything and had not done anything. He took a UCLA team and resurrected it and made it a Rose Bowl team. And if it wasn't for him leaving, Terry Donahue would never have gotten that job. Terry Donahue just passed away a couple weeks ago. He's the legendary Bruins coach. Well, he took over for Dick. Vermeil did not want to leave that UCLA job. You know, his wife loved it in Los Angeles. He had a chance to make that UCLA program, you know, even bigger than what it was going to become. I mean, Terry Donahue took all the things that Dick Vermeil did and turned that program around. Um, you know, Donahue was on that Vermeil staff. That's how he got the job. They just hired from within. So Dick takes the, he takes the Eagle job. Do you know how bad the Eagles were? When he took that team over, I mean, they were awful. They had not won in a boatload of years. Fans were barely showing up at the vet. You know what he did? He walked in there. That guy had, get this, he even had public tryouts for people in the community to try to make the Eagles because he wanted the community to be proud of the team again. He thought it was so important for everyone in Philadelphia to love that team again. He wanted everybody to play for all the legendary players like Bednarik and McDonald and those guys. I mean, all the people that had played, all the people that had coached, all those legendary teams, the 60 championship team, all that stuff, man. Robustelli told me numerous times about the fans who used to show up. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think they played – 
They played at Franklin Field before they played at the Vet. I think the Eagles played at Franklin Field. Robustelli used to play games there. Then they show up at the Vet, and nobody was going because they sucked. You had diehard Eagle fans. They loved that team. Fly, Eagles, fly. I mean, I mean, look, it's legendary. It's a legendary fan base. So when Vermeil gets there, this guy resurrects this thing. They go all – and get this. You're in a division with the Washington Redskins and the Cowboys, and you're winning the division, and you're beating people up. Those Eagle teams – hey, and by the way, for the record, when I saw Harold Carmichael get his jacket and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, do you know what my initial comments were? I thought Harold Carmichael was already in. Harold Carmichael was – if Harold Carmichael played in today's game, you couldn't defend him. This guy was like 6'9", and I don't ever remember Harold Carmichael dropping a football. I think he has some sort of insane streak where he has over 100 games with a catch. I mean, this guy could not drop a pass. I would make this point to you. Harold Carmichael is the greatest wide receiver the Philadelphia Eagles have ever produced. There was nothing like him. This guy was like a unicorn out there, dude. 6'9", could run. Nobody could defend him. You know, back then you could mug a guy. And Vermeil used that, man. Jaworski and those guys, man, they, they won a lot of games. And I believe they had a running back by the name of Wilbur Montgomery. And they had a great defense. Big Hands Johnson was on that team. Bergie was on. Bill's a dear friend. Was on, on them teams. And Vermeil put community pride into that. They end up going all the way to a Super Bowl. They got beat and upset by the Raiders, who were a wild card team. And the Raiders beat them in the Super Bowl. Okay, he coaches at Kansas City. Then he gets that, he gets that Rams gig. I'll tell you this. Mike March told me this story about Dick Vermeil. So Vermeil gets there, and the Franieri family still owned it. Georgie still owned it. Okay. And I think Charlie Army was in the room as a general manager, head of personnel. And I knew Charlie well. I said, So what are you guys looking at this year? He goes, Man, we just got this kid, Trent Green, in from uh, from Washington. Dick's really high on him, man. He thinks that he can really do some things. He goes, he has to, because um, yeah. I was like, wow, Vermeil's on the hot seat. He goes, Yeah. So everybody that's on that coaching staff knows that if Dick Vermeil doesn't get this thing going in the right direction, he could be fired after the first four games of the year. Mike March told me this story. So in the exhibition season, Trent Green gets hurt. Holy cow. They're just going like this. I don't know, man. I think we're going to have to go out and make a trade, try to go find somebody to bring in. Dick Vermeil does this. You know, there's something about this kid, Warner. I don't know. Everyone in the room, including Mike Martz, went like this. Dick, he's been cut five times. He goes, I don't know. There's something about this guy. I'm telling you. I want to give him a couple starts. So Kurt plays during the exhibition season. People in the room, Army comes down. He goes, what do you want to do, Dick? We got a Super Bowl team here. Okay. 
but no one knew it because they had come off a brutal season. Vermeil goes like this. I'm not going to make a move. I'm going to tell Kurt Warner that he's going to be my starting quarterback. Get this. You know what Kurt Warner told me? Kurt Warner told me that when Dick called him into his office, he thought he was going to be cut. Vermeil sits him down and goes, I'm going to give you're, you're going to be my starting quarterback going into the season. You're the guy. I'm not making a move. You're the guy. I, I know it's you. I don't think it's you. I know it's you. March is sitting in there going, wow, everybody's jobs are on the line. Well, Warner goes on to win the regular season MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, and a world championship for the Rams. Because of Vermeer looking at a guy in the face and going like this, I think it's you. No, I know it's you. Those are the kind of coaches you go like this. How's that not Hall of Fame? How's that not a guy that resurrected a city in Philly and resurrected a story that they've made a movie on with Kurt Warner? This guy was stacking grocery store shelves months earlier, playing in the Arena League, in the World Football League, and he's hoisting a Lombardi trophy, a Super Bowl MVP trophy, 13 months later. That's legendary coaching. <laughs> That's legendary coaching. Man. How's Dick Vermeil not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? How's Marty Schottenheimer? Schottenheimer and Vermeil, two absolutely spectacular coaches. All right. Krause, as always, great stuff. Cal, appreciate it. Awesome stuff here. Do we have music? I think we did, right? All good. Hey, Big Joe, we thank you. Don't forget, if you missed any of the show, go over to the Jacob Media channel, the National Football Show channel. You can click it, like it, share it, watch it a little bit later on. We're going to try to run down Charlie Ward tomorrow to finish up a little bit on Coach Bowden's life. What a tremendous life it was. We really appreciate you coming aboard. Don't forget, 4 to 6 Eastern, we'll catch you on the flip side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.